Good morning, and uh, hey, welcome River Glen. Welcome everybody here in Waukesha, and uh, on the other side of the camera in Pewaukee, online, uh, wherever you uh, might be. Great to have you with us. Thank you for joining us for church. Before I get started, I want to invite everybody to the uh, next uh, welcome brunch that we got coming up on Sunday, March 13th. Both campuses, 10:30 to 11:30. Uh, this is for uh, newer people. If you're new and uh, this is your next step. Great way to find out more about River Glen. And really, no matter how long you, you, you've attended, we want everybody uh, to go through the uh, welcome brunch. If you want to find out more about our beliefs, our, our vision, if you want to meet some of our uh, staff members, get your questions answered, this is the event uh, for you. We give you a free uh, brunch. It's really uh, delicious. And uh, this T-shirt, you get one of these free T-shirts. Everybody that comes uh, gets one. So go ahead and sign up. You can do that right now on your phone. Use that QR code in front of you or stop at the uh, Welcome Center in the uh, lobby. Today we begin this new series called Slay the Monster. Some friends came up with this title and shared it with us. The monster is financial stress, financial anxiety. And it is the number one, ki- number one marriage killer in America. According to the American Psychological Association, money is the number one source of stress in our uh, lives. Take a look at this uh, snapshot here of how finances look in America and in a typical uh, church. Only 11% of people have financial uh, confidence. You've got an emergency fund and uh, savings, you're out of debt, or maybe you have debt on your house. And that's it. And you're excited and feel confident about the future. 59% uh, right over here. 59% living paycheck to paycheck. And when you live paycheck to paycheck, you don't really have a safety net. And so any breakdown of your car, appliance, emergency, layoff, and you're in trouble living paycheck to uh, paycheck. And then uh, 26% of people have a lot of financial stress. And anxiety, they've got so much credit card debt, if they, paid off the minim- if they paid the minimum payment each month, it would take 197 months uh, to pay it off. And they're even uh, worried about bankruptcy. And then 4% are just absolutely uh, drowning. And they probably have eviction, foreclosure, bankruptcy pending. 89% of people uh, feel broke and hopeless and just massive amounts of stress. And I think that right there explains why we need uh, to talk about this. I mean, think about it. If we don't talk about how to find financial peace, who's going who's gonna to do that? Somebody's got to do something about this. And we feel like we owe it to you to talk uh, about it. Now, of, co- of course, the Bible wasn't written primarily with the goal of, uh, of uh, financial uh, peace. For us, the Bible was written to lead us to uh, Jesus and salvation. But God gives us incredible financial principles that will bring peace and freedom and blessing into our lives. I'm going to quote several verses from the book of Proverbs. If you read the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament, I'm telling you, it is like getting a master's degree in finances. No need to raise any hands, but I wonder how many of us would say, you know what? I wish I had more savings. I wish I had more saved up in case the brakes went out on my car or the water heater goes out. Or I wish I had more saved uh, for vacation 
or a house or retirement in the future. Or I wish that I could get out of debt and not feel behind all the time and be able to say yes to more opportunities. Or I wish I had the capacity to give more to causes that God cares about and and make a difference in the lives of other people. I really believe, I firmly believe you can do all those things if you will apply the biblical principles that we're going to talk about in this series. It's kind of like having a a pet dog. Uh, How many of you have a pet dog? Show of hands. How many of you have a pet dog at home? Oh, yeah, a lot of you have uh, a lot of dog uh, owners. Anybody here have a dog that misbehaves uh, once? Oh, yeah, quite a few of those. Dogs, even, even misbehaving dogs are still kind of cute. Take a look. What did you do? You're a good boy. Yes, you are. You're a good boy. Oh, oh, there you go. Oh, oh, what was all that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine tater tots. See? Who made this mess? Who did that? What did you do, Sam? What did you do with this hose, Sam? Hmm? Lily, did you do this? You want to go out into the living room with me? Oh, what do we have here? Who, by chance, did this? Yeah, dogs are awesome, aren't they? Way better than cats. But they do uh, misbehave from time to time. And, you know, I know there might be some bad dogs out there that you can't train. But most dogs, I mean, if you train them, okay, they will go and do exactly what you want them to do most of the time. we got some excellent dog trainers in our church, like uh, Heather Patzer here with her dog, uh, Mario. It's just incredible what she can get Mario uh, to do. But Mario didn't arrive that way. I asked Heather. She has spent years uh, training him so that he'll go and do uh, what she tells him uh, to go and do. Now, I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm telling you, you can train money easier than you can train a dog. Money's way more consistent than a dog. Money will always go and do exactly what you tell it uh, to do. You know, let me illustrate. I brought along some uh, cash here. I got a pile of cash. And let's just say this represents your uh, income, whether it's a lot or a a little bit. Let me show you how money uh, behaves. Let's say that uh, I take some money right here, okay, and I put it over here, and I invest it into savings. Watch this. Stay. And it stays. Isn't that pretty cool? Look at that. Let's say I take some money over here and uh, I give it to God and uh, watch this. Stay. It stays. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Some of you are like, I came to church. I got out of bed today for this. I know it's kind of simple, but here's, here, here's the point. Many people believe that money is like a bad dog that, that misbehaves. And that's totally untrue. Money will do exactly what you tell it to do every single time. I mean, money's not a mystery. Money is math. And so here's a principle that we, that we need to embrace. We, need, we, we, we can train our money to behave in a way that brings peace and blessing 
into our uh, lives. And, and if you weren't taught this uh, before, that wasn't your fault, okay? Uh, many of us weren't. But we have a great class that can help you. Last year, Marnie and I and our life group, we took the nine-week uh, Financial Peace University class by Dave uh, Ramsey. It's like money obedience training. But it surprised me how the teaching was, was, was not only very, very informative, it was fun, engaging, and very practical. I highly recommend it for everyone. I mean, whether you are uh, financially confident and have no debt or whether you're financially drowning or anywhere in between, I highly recommend it. It'll help you train your money in a way that brings peace and blessing and freedom. Really, it's not money that needs training. We need training. And so here's what I want to do today. I want to share with you four biblical principles to help you train your money in a way that brings peace and blessing and freedom. Here's the first one. Thank God for your earnings. It's really important to start uh, with your earnings, whatever, whatever you have in your hands, because it came from God's hands as a gift. Now, that's not how many people view money. Uh, many people, most people would say, well, you know, I earn my money. Don't tell me it's a gift. I worked hard to earn every penny of my money. But take a look at what Deuteronomy chapter 8 says. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Your strength, your talent, your ability to get up out of bed and go to, go, go to work. That's a gift uh, from God. And when you look at your earnings this way, I mean, it will change. It'll, it'll, it'll change your life. And it'll take the pressure off. And you will feel more uh, gratitude and less anxious. Maybe, maybe your house isn't your uh, dream house, but it provides protection. Maybe you don't have the car that you've always uh, wanted, but it gets you where you need to go. Thank God for providing the essentials. Thank God for what you already have. And it can change our attitude toward work. Many people complain and gripe, oh, I got to go to work all the time. But there are many people in the world who don't have that opportunity because of corrupt governments or dysfunctional economies, and they work and they live on just a few dollars in poverty. Let's not take our earnings for granted. God gives you earnings as a gift. It's a sacred privilege. I've got this app on my phone that I open up uh, frequently, and I make sure that my earnings uh, get deposited into my uh, bank account, and I'm trying to train my brain, maybe this would be helpful to you, when I open that app and see those earnings to remember this is a gift from God and to say a breath prayer, God, thank you. This comes from you. You gave me the ability to earn it. Thank you. And really the best way to thank and honor God for our earnings is to give a portion back to him. You might think, well, give money away. I'll, you know, how does that help me? I'll have less money and more stress. But there is no principle or command in scripture that offers more hope, help, and promise than what the Bible teaches about the joy and the blessings and the peace that comes to those who give uh, to God. Take a look at what Proverbs uh, says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats 
will brim over with new wine. This was written to an agricultural society. That's why you see words like crops and barns. If we translated this verse into modern language, it might say something like this. Thank God for your earnings and give him the first portion of your paycheck and you'll always have plenty. God promises to bless you and give you more, not for his benefit, but for your benefit. Thank God for your earnings. Here's a second way to train your money to behave. Stop believing the myths about wealth. I came across a book that just fascinated me. And I really enjoyed it. I'd recommend it to you. It's called Everyday Millionaires. And it's written by the research team at Dave Ramsey's uh, organization. Now, I'm not a big fan of the, of the title, okay? I'm not, my goal is not to help you become a millionaire. <laughs> I mean, there's people with small amounts of money that God blesses and, and uses in great ways. But this book exposes many myths about wealth that we need to stop believing. You know, one, one of them is that money's bad or money's evil. The Bible never says that money is, is evil. Look at what it says. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. But, but, but money itself is not bad. Money can be good. It can bring wonderful blessings if you train it. I mean, many of the leaders in the Bible had great wealth. Abraham, the father of Israel, David, Solomon, Job, all had incredible wealth. After Job lost everything, God gave him twice as much as he had before. God's not anti-wealth or anti-money. Money can be a great tool for good. So the Ramsey Group published this book, and the premise of the book is that anybody can become a millionaire uh, because of what they found in their research. They interviewed 10,000 millionaires across America. They define a millionaire as anybody who has a net worth of one million or uh, more. Net worth includes everything you own, your house, car, bank account, minus your debt. But as they interviewed 10,000 millionaires, they discovered that many of our beliefs about millionaires are untrue. I, I found this really uh, interesting. Here's the first uh, myth that we've got to stop believing, that, that, that wealthy people inherited their money. They discovered that 79% of millionaires inherited zero. Almost 80% of millionaires inherited zero. They gained financial stability by working and saving for 20 to 30 years. Second myth, wealthy people uh, make risky investments and got lucky. But actually, that's, that's not true. 80% reached millionaire status through their employer-sponsored retirement fund, their 401k, by putting money away steadily every month, 20 to 30 years. Not by luck. Myth number three, wealthy people get rich quick. Actually, only 5% of millionaires got there in 10 years or less. Most took 20 to 30 years of steady work and saving. One more myth I want to show you is that wealthy people have high-paying jobs. Some do, but out of the 10,000 millionaires they, they interviewed, the top three jobs were engineer, accountant, and school teacher. One third 
had never earned a six-figure salary in any single working year. And only 7% of these millionaires had a salary of 200000 or more, which is obviously a lot. Again, my goal, not to teach you how to become a millionaire. I'm sharing this research to try and inspire us to believe that we can train our money in a, in a way that will bring wealth and peace and freedom. Wouldn't it be great to not only slay the, the monster of, of financial stress and not be so depleted, but also to be able to give generously and help and lift other people and make a difference in the lives of our friends and, and family and church. We can do it, but we've got to stop believing uh, these myths about wealth and begin to take action. Here's the third way to train your money to behave. You start saving. And uh, I know that uh, saving money is not a real <laughs> exciting or sexy uh, topic. Uh, it's easy to put that off. It's easy to say, yeah, I'll start that t tomorrow. And, you know, our world, you don't really see very many advertisements about saving, but you see a lot of ads about spending, right? And so here's how most people uh, manage their money. They spend first, save second, and they give last. The world says, get your paycheck and uh, go do whatever you want. YOLO, you only live once, you know. So, you, want, you know, go ahead and buy that, you know, that motorcycle, that boat, that trailer, you know, whatever, you know, you only live once. And so, you know, most people spend it all and they really never get to saving or giving. Here is the best way to train your money to behave. Here's what I would call the biblical plan. You give first, you save second, and you live on the, on the rest. Giving first honors God. Saving second plans for your future. Living on the rest teaches you Contentment. Scripture teaches us to give that first 10% that's called a tithe. It means a tenth. You give that first 10% to God. You save the second 10% and then you live on 80%. Financial experts call this the 10-10-80 uh, the plan or the give-save-live plan. Let me ask you about the second part, okay? Do you take a portion of every paycheck and set it aside for savings. And if you don't, you need to. Because here's what you'll discover. That saving for the future, it brings you peace today. Savings is not selfish. It will actually improve the quality of your life. If you take Financial Peace uh, University, they've got eight uh, baby steps they teach you. Here's the first one. Save $1,000 to start an emergency fund. And when you, when you do this baby, first baby step, immediately you feel your financial stress begin uh, to drop. Because if, if the brakes go out in your car, if the water heater breaks, you have prepared for that emergency. Experts tell us to increase our savings to three to six months of living expenses so that we have prepared for uh, emergencies. You never know when an emergency will happen. Nobody saw the pandemic uh, coming. But if you look at the history of our country, about once every 10 years, there's a financial crisis. Many people live like, you know, the good times will never end, but about once every 10 years, there's some kind of economic downturn and saving uh, prepares us for those future emergencies and it gives us peace. 
right now. And not just for unexpected emergencies. You need to also save for your long-term future. Uh, Money Magazine did a study a, a few years ago, and they released this, uh, this finding that one in three Americans have zero saved for retirement. Many people just ignore this uh, reality. You know, saving money sounds kind of uh, boring. But if you train your money in this way, you can save an incredible amount of money over time through compounding interest. You know, let me give you an example. And, uh, you know, especially those of you that are younger, I really want you to, to, to hear this. If, if, let's say you're 25 years old, okay, and you start saving at 25 years of age just $2.75 a day. That's like half our coffee money for some of us. You're, you're 25 years old and you save $2.75 a day in a mutual fund. Do you know how much you would accumulate in 40 years just with historic trends with mutual uh, funds? At the age of 65, you would have a little nest egg of $770,000 just by saving your coffee uh, money. Yeah, I hope you enjoy your coffee. Um, every, every day. Proverbs 13 says, wealth gained hastily will dwindle. Look at this. But whoever gathers little by little will increase it. I mean, if you, if you save little by little, you can, you can accumulate an incredible amount. Let me give you another example. Let's say you're 45 years old and you make $100,000 a year and you start following uh, the 10-10-80 plan. And let's say you didn't start saving in your 20s or 30s, which is when we see, you know, the really big numbers from compounding interest. You're 45 years old and you make 100000 a year. If you give the first 10% to God and you save the second 10% in a, a mutual fund, just 20 years later, you will have given $200,000 to God's work in this world and you'll have a savings of over $720,000. Yeah, I think many people would go, you know, that sounds great. Sign me up. But you got to start now. Don't put this off. You know, don't say, I'll start tomorrow. The sooner you start saving, the better. Here's a fourth way to slay the monster. Train your money to behave in a way that's going to bring peace and a blessing. You need to attack your debt. If you're in a financial hole, first thing you need to do is stop digging, right? Stop buying things that you can't afford. Take a look at this verse in Proverbs 13. Some who are poor pretend to be rich. Some people pretend. Some people are pretenders. Some people have a, a boat, a trailer, a luxury house, a luxury car, and they can't even enjoy it because they're up to their eyeballs in debt. They're pretending to be rich, and the payments are killing them. Uh, look at the rest of this verse. Some who are poor pretend to be rich. Others who are rich pretend to be poor. Which would you rather be? Would you rather be poor and pretend to be rich or rich and pretend to be poor? I'd rather be rich and pretend to be poor. And you know what? That's how most millionaires live. In the book Everyday Millionaires, they found that the average millionaire drives a four-year-old car with 41,000 miles. Eight out of 10 millionaires save up their money and pay cash and drive a vehicle debt-free. 
Now, I, I want to uh, clarify what I mean by debt. Not all debt is, is bad. Some debt can be uh, productive. For example, taking out a loan on a house or an education or even a car or to grow a, a business can be productive. I mean, be wise about that, but I would call that uh, productive or permissible debt. But then there's another kind of debt. Dave Ramsey calls it dumb debt. And this would be, you know, high interest credit card debt or excessive debt that sucks the life out of, out of you. And in a room this size, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure many of us have, have probably experienced some, some dumb debt. I know I have. I've made many purchases that I have regretted. But what if instead of feeling defeated or discouraged, you decided to attack that debt and slay that monster? Let me show you this concept uh, Dave Ramsey teaches. It's called the debt uh, snowball. Let's say that you've got uh, $450 of debt at Home Depot and you've got a minimum, uh, a minimum of $50 payment on that card each month. And you've got a debt at Target of $650. You know, you went to Target to get some toothpaste. You walked in, you said, I'm just going to get some toothpaste. And you walked out with $650 debt. That's just the, that's just the way it is. At Target, you got a $30 minimum on that Target uh, card. And then you borrowed some money from your parents, and then you have a $400 car payment each month. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to find $200 extra dollars a month. You're like, how am I going to find $200 extra dollars a month? I don't know. But you're going to find $200 extra dollars a month. You're going to take out a second job. You're going to start selling stuff. You're going to sell so much stuff. Your kids are going to be worried that they're next. You're going to put your cat on Craigslist. I mean, if it's not bolted down, okay, you're selling it. You're going to cancel uh, cable TV. You're going to cancel expensive uh, memberships. You're going to start taking a bag lunch to work instead of going out to eat. You're going to downgrade your mobile uh, data plan. I don't know how you're going to do it, but somehow you're going to find 200 extra dollars a month. And here's what you're going to do. You're going to take that 200 dollars. And you're going to add the 50 you're already paying to Home Depot. And you're going to start paying $250 a month to Home Depot. Home Depot, And in two months, bye-bye Home Depot. And then you're going to take that $250. The, the, the snowball is going to get bigger. You're going to add the 30 that you're already paying to Target. Now you got $280. And you're going to start paying that to Target each month. And in a few months, the Target debt is gone. And you're going to start paying that next debt. And that debt snowballs. It makes sense. That debt snowball gets bigger. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, you can do this. You can attack your debt, and you can eliminate uh, your your debt. We, we've seen people do this, and it will open up joy and peace and freedom, so that you can do much more uh, with your uh, money. With, with God's help, several years ago, Marnie and I did this. We got out of debt. Now, we paid off our debt. And I, I know everybody's situations are, circumstances are different. I just want you to know it, it, it's possible. I share that just, just to let you know it's possible to get out of, of debt. I really like the way that uh, Henry Cloud uh, puts it. He says, you know, there's two ways to live your life. There's two ways to manage your money. Uh, easy hard or hard easy. And most people do easy hard. You know, they do easy first. You know, they spend money. They max out their credit cards. They, they, buy, they, they, they buy stuff, uh, they don't work very hard or save up money, and it leads to a very hard future. 
Cloud says the best way to live is hard, easy. Do the hard stuff first. Work hard and save money. Live simply. It'll be hard at first, but it'll get easier, and it'll just open up your future to more joy and peace and and freedom, and you'll be able to say yes to more opportunities. And if you want to find out more um, and, and, and get really inspired to train your money in a way that's going to bring you peace and uh, blessing. Uh, uh, I, I believe many of us would benefit uh, from taking Dave Ramsey's uh, Financial Peace uh, University class. I don't want you to just hear from me. I want you to hear from a couple from our church. Take a look. My name is Ryan Weaver. And I'm Sherry Weaver, and we've been coming to River Glen for 16 years. We started on the FPU journey on our own. We always felt like something was missing a little bit, and so when we had the opportunity to join the FPU group here at River Glen, we jumped on it, and that really brought us really a sense of community. We did everything like everyone else does. We had a mortgage, we had a car payment, we had credit cards, we had debt, and we thought that was okay, that was normal. But now we've come to realize okay is not good enough. God wants more for us, and he wants more for everyone. Through this program, we've learned to become better managers, you know, for God's kingdom. We committed to a budget. I thought the budget was going to feel restrictive, but actually we felt more empowered to know where our money was going and take control over it. It's a relationship builder as well. It, it really helped us strengthen our marriage. We locked arms and we were united in this goal and nothing was going to stand in our way and we were walking with God together and having financial freedom takes that weight off your shoulders so that you can really turn your eyes to God and look out for other areas that he's calling you as well. And that led to, you know, kind of a culmination of this year. We were able to actually pay off our house. And without, you know, debt and without, you know, even a house payment, you know, we were able to help others. And God reveals his hand every step of the way. I was a fearful giver, meaning that when I would give, there would be this little bit of fear, like, oh, what if we needed that? And we went from fearful givers to cheerful givers. Now we're like, oh, what's an opportunity we can give and support? We are just so thankful for everything that God has done in our lives, but thankful for the opportunity to be able to take his resources and put that to work within his kingdom work and his will here on earth. And we really want everyone to know the love of Christ. It is amazing to see the financial donations being used to accomplish that goal. And you see that through people getting baptized, people being invited into the church and getting an opportunity to know God in a way maybe they haven't before through community outreach locally through Pewaukee, Waukesha, but nationally and internationally to help share the love of God. That's, that's really exciting. It's funny how you feel blessed when you can bless others. And th that's how we feel. We feel absolutely blessed that we can be a blessing to other people, and we're so thankful that we can do that. Yeah, let's give a hand to Ryan and Sherry. Appreciate them sharing their story. God's really working and doing 
just great things through Financial Peace University. And I want to tell you about a deal. We've got a great deal uh, going on right now. We're calling it the Monster uh, Deal. Uh, FPU uh, normally charges $130 for the class and the materials. We're, we're giving a, a, a discount, a monster uh, discount, and it's $60 for the first 20 couples uh, or individuals who uh, sign up. It's a great way. Uh, to, to learn to train your uh, money in a way that's going to bring you peace and freedom and blessing. You can sign up uh, right now. You can take out your phone and, and uh, get signed up, or you can stop at the Connect wall in the lobby after the service. And I realize there are uh, many of you, and hopefully soon uh, more of you, that uh, don't have any debt or uh, don't have any non-mortgage debt. And that's when it really uh, gets fun. Why not use large portions of what you have to build uh, God's kingdom and reach more people for Jesus and to be generous toward those in need? I mean, it's all God's anyway. You can't take it with you. And God asks us to give 10% or more uh, to our, our local church and to further his work in this uh, world. And I just got to tell you that because of those of you who, who do that, uh, for your uh, local church, uh, for this uh, church. I mean, we've been able to make an impact and see lives change this last year. I want to just share just briefly a few numbers with you from 2021. And each number, keep in mind, represents a, a person. Because of your generosity, uh, we saw 95 people give their life to Jesus and get baptized. We saw 846 people in groups Last year, we provided 550 hours of care through Stephen Ministry. We sponsored two more Habitat homes in Waukesha. We helped launch two new churches last year, 1128 Community in Oak Creek and Central Church in Panama. And both churches are doing great. They got off to strong starts. We sent 143,000 meals to feed the hungry in Haiti and Panama. I want to tell you about one of those uh, one of those people that we helped uh, feed. Uh, this is a picture of a young girl named Florinda. She lives in a four-part four of uh, Panama. Our partner, Pastor Jose, when they delivered the, the meals, uh, Florinda uh, got so happy she was jumping up and down. And he asked her, why are you so happy? She said, because I'll be able to eat rice with beans and fried egg every day. It's her favorite meal. Pastor Jose, he wrote this message for you, River Glen. You're making a difference in Panama by supporting the work of God in the urban area with the planting of Central Church, as well as helping people like Florinda in the poor areas of Panama. Thank you for making many children smile in Panama. Thank you for sharing the love of Jesus in Panama. I could go on and on. I want you to know that when you give here, you're not just giving to the work here at River Glen, but also to our local community and also around the world. Your generosity is changing lives. And I want to invite you back. We are looking forward to celebrating what, what God has done <clears throat> in uh, three weeks on, on March 19th and 20th. Uh, we're going to celebrate 25 years of River Glen. Next month, uh, River Glen turns uh, 25. And we're just going to have a great celebration. We want to Honor God for his uh, faithfulness and appreciate you. Don't, don't miss this weekend. I mean, we're going to have uh, lots of, uh, lots of uh, giveaways and, and food. Just a big uh, 
big celebration. And I want to say thank you for your uh, generosity and training your money in a way uh, that brings peace and blessing, not just to you, but to others in our community and all around the world. Uh, Let me pray for us. And if you need some individual prayer or help today, you let us know after the service in the lobby. Let me pray for us. God, I just thank you for uh, this generous church. And I thank you for your word that uh, touches every area of our life where we need hope and where we need help. God, I want to lift up anybody with us today that maybe is feeling stressed, anxious because of their uh, finances. And I pray that you would set that person free. And God, would you give them uh, strength and stamina and tenacity to to not give up and continue to work and save and attack that debt. And I pray for anybody who's doing everything they can and just scraping by. God, we thank you for the way that you provide for us and we ask you to move in their life so that there would be a breakthrough in some way. And, And God, would you use this series and the FPU classes that we've got starting in two weeks at both, both, both campuses, would you use those to um, teach us to be wise uh, with the money that you've given us and, and use it to further your work in this world. And it's in Jesus' name we pray.